Hi, everybody. Travis Frank here with a holiday gift idea that might just be the greatest gift you can give a loved one, especially a mentor in your life or a young child. I'm talking about a lifetime hunting or fishing license. Heck, you can even get them both. That's what my wife and I did for our two boys. We saved up and got them each a lifetime sportsman license when they were five and six years old. Just last week, my entire family pitched in to get our nephew a lifetime sportsman license this year for Christmas. It's the gift that keeps giving for the rest of their life. If they move out of Minnesota, that's okay. Their license is always valid when they come back. If license prices go up, that's okay. Their license is already purchased. When I say forever, I mean forever. And just think about all of the memories they'll be making on the water, in the fields, and in the woods. The process to obtain this license is very simple. Just head to the Minnesota DNR website and search for lifetime licenses. You'll see all of the licenses available and the information needed to order them. This year, instead of purchasing a gift that will go out of style or get tossed in the dumpster, get your loved one a gift that lasts forever. Share the outdoor passion this holiday season. One day, they might just tell you it's the greatest gift they ever received. Hi, everybody. Ron Scherer here with another edition of our Minnesota Bound podcast, a special edition as well for several reasons. One is we're going to call this a Thanksgiving special because our topic is about Thanksgiving, maybe memorable Thanksgiving meals. When I talk about Thanksgiving meals, who else should I talk to but a special guest, Mrs. Denise Shera is with me, who has been cooking my Thanksgiving Dinners for uh, in excess of a half a century. Oh my gosh, Denise. <laughs> I know it. What? And you still show up, so that's that's a good thing. And another very special guest is daughter Laura, who not only does a lot of cooking herself, but she's enjoyed all of these Thanksgiving meals with us for umpteen years. I have. I'll, I'll, I wish it was still in the teen years, but it's been a few more than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, Thanksgiving for us has always been, um, I think, uh, typical American. I mean, very much uh, so. Turkeys, dressing, cranberries, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we've had a few moments, and I'll ask some of you to uh, think back on your moments. But uh, I'll just start it off by saying, uh, you know, my wild turkey hunting fetish, and it soon became evident to me that to really have an original Thanksgiving, uh, I needed to go out and shoot a wild turkey, which I did, and then we were going to have it for Thanksgiving. And uh, Denise, you very wisely said, okay, we'll have one domestic turkey and one wild turkey. Do you remember that? Okay. I'm not remembering the specific year, but I do know we've cooked wild turkey, Many times, but the difference is, of course, is the amount of fat on the bird, which means there is none (laughs) on the wild bird. On the wild bird, right. We also specify that, Dad, you didn't take the time to just pluck all the feathers and leave the skin on the wild bird. No. So, I mean, that could have been a little game changer there. Maybe next time we'll put you, we'll have you take the time to pluck all those feathers out after you shoot a wild bird, and then we'll enjoy a traditional Thanksgiving. I will tell you, there will never be another time. <laughs> now, I like wild turkey, but <clears throat> they are difficult to cook. As Denise mentioned, 
Well, they are. And I think the key, though, and we've had success with that, is make sure there's a lot of moisture. So you can use bacon and butter. And then I would always use a cheesecloth over the top and then marinate and saturate that with the juices. And Did you do any too. brining beforehand with your wild bird? Well, you were the one that brought brining. I mean, I brining to the family. I yeah. did. I didn't realize that. Brining is very easy. It's, it's, uh, I've learned this from Chef Jim and some of the other chefs that I've had um, the opportunity and honor to learn a lot of cooking lessons from. We do wild in the coaching, cooking segments for Minnesota Bound, and they brine everything. They, and typically a brine consists of salt, sugar, water, and whatever spices you choose to put in it. There are, you can buy pre-made brines at the grocery store, very easy, um, and, but it's also very easy to make your own. And they do a lot of brining. And that's what the salt and the sugar, of course, tenderize yes. meat, but actually hold the water and the moisture inside the muscle tissue itself when you go to cook it. So they'll brine their birds, depending on the size of it, anywhere from um, 24 to 48 hours at times, depending on the size of the turkey. But also then they make sure it's they pat it dry. And then there's a whole process of putting butter on and basting. And then also uh, letting the turkey sit. Are no you, matter st- are if it's you domestic still talking or about wild. wild ones? Or I'm domestic? talking about either. Either really? or. Well, a lot of domesticated turkeys, the reason... Domesticated turkeys are also so much have so much more moisture content when you cook them. Is there pre-brined or they inject salt water solution into those birds at the grocery store? Did not know that. They oh, obviously yes. don't do that in the wild. So that is the way to um, do that yourself with a wild bird. Mm-hmm. Right. Even with a domestic, you pull up the skin and put a seasoned butter or something between the skin and the bird itself uh, around the breast. That's true. Mom, you know, she has a a long, long history of cooking wild game. And, um, and dad, I know you're, you're forever grateful for all the things you put in the freezer (laughs) that still had shot pellets in it, feathers, blood, hair, wings on the the pheasant, yes, feet. I mean, we could go on and on what was left. I'm just trying to follow the law. (laughs) That's what you keep telling us. But, you know, how many years ago when you two were first married and you were bringing home, you know, things, including squirrels and other rodents, um, (laughs) that you had to learn how to handle and handle all that wild game. And that, that is a skill. And there probably weren't that many wild game cookbooks out there back in the day other than like a Betty Crocker or whatever. How did you learn how to cook? Wild game, because you have cooked all of our wild game in the family. Now, Dad, I'll give you credit for a little bit of the walleye that you've done over all these years. Oh, he's fabulous. She wanted to, she wanted to save our marriage. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that what it was? She well, was you know, she grew, sure. up in, she grew up in North Dakota. Her uncle, or like her second father, he raised these Herefords that were just even delicious to look at. So I, I we get married, I'd haul her away from all those Herefords and give her venison. That was quite an adjustment. Yeah, and squirrel. So, Mom, and, your and answer. Pheasant and uh, caribou and elk. Mm-hmm. And moose. Uh, and moose. And moose. And antelope. Getting back to the turkey, <laughs> since this is a Thanksgiving. Um, uh, what was I going to say? The, you know, it's, you romanticized the fact that we had a wild turkey at our Thanksgiving. Yet, I think my own research shows a lot of uh, historians are not sure that turkey was even there for the first Thanksgiving. It may have been venison or fish. But I'm not sure about that. 
But uh, need to look that up. We'll have to look that up. Brandon, our producer, he's on it right now. Is he? He's gonna look that up. Um, well, I grew up in a farming area, and of course, they raise the turkeys, right? Uh, or they and always a fresh goose to go along with the turkey. And all that work that they did on the farm. And today, you know, we we go to the supermarket. I was there this morning gathering everything and that I'd need that was some was pre-made, uh, ready to go. And you look at what our grandparents did, and it was a whole different culture. And they made it so effortless. I mean, we'd 30 of us would show up and the potatoes were peeled and the home canned green beans and the home canned corn. And pumpkin pies. Handmade. Handmade pumpkin. The uh, crust and the, the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Scraped out, boiled, cooked, seasoned. So uh, we have it quite easy today. Really. Well, there's no doubt. I fondly remember, <clears throat> and again, um, Laura, your mother was kind enough to carry on this tradition, but when I was a boy... My mother made a cranberry salad with mm. cranberries. And How many favorite. minutes in before we heard about the cranberry <laughs> salad? Well, too long. My favorite dad story. <laughs> Keep going. But I remember hand grinding the cranberries on this little thing you put up on the table, and underneath the table in a pan, you catch the cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, as <clears throat> cranberries and marshmallows, little tiny marshmallows, piece of pineapple, pineapple uh, walnuts, walnuts and whipped cream whipped cream yeah yes and that became a tradition in my family and my lovely bride was kind enough to continue that and her sister now if we go to and the past years we went to dallas for thanksgiving she'd show up with a big bowl of that as well uh but for you but yeah just for me for <laughs> I ate it yes. all too. Um, we I just, just want to just mention the word that my dad called it a salad, which <laughs> yes. it has whipped cream, marshmallows, marshmallows. <laughs> walnuts. What would you call it? Dessert. A yogurt parfait. Dessert. No. Yes. It is dessert. It's a oh, vegetable. Ladies and gentlemen, every this is I, I wait for this moment every Thanksgiving, and I'm sure it'll happen again this Thursday um, when. No matter who's at the table, and a lot of it's usually the same people at the table traditionally, either your your side of the family, dad or mom's your side of the family. And there's a quiet moment and where you'll say, you know, this did anybody get the cranberry salad? <laughs> is everybody getting some of the cranberry salad? You know, this is a special recipe from my grandma, your mom, and um and if you don't take the cranberry salad, it's almost offensive. So yes. you always make sure you at least take a little. But then if you take too much, it's also offensive. So because <laughs> exactly. my dad yes. wants all the leftovers of the cranberry, quote, salad. I'll eat that for four days. Exactly. You know? So there's a fine line of how much you take at the cranberry salad. And we're all well trained. You take some, but you just don't take too much. There you go. <laughs> Precisely. Good Good story. So, yes, that is how every it goes. year. Please, I'm looking forward to it this this Thursday. Well, you're, here's some news for you. My <laughs> the story, lovely, not quite so much the salad. Well, my story. <laughs> now you're calling it a salad. My lovely bride said to me the other day, "Do Two you mind ago. if we don't have the cranberry this year?" And what? I, and I, ver- <laughs> I, I know it. I said, "Oh my gosh, it's grounds for divorce." I can't believe she even do that. Okay, keep going. She, uh, maybe we should take a break and I'll say what I really said. No, um, I said, you know what? No problem. 
I, you did? I did. I did. That's a lot of work, that stuff. And, oh, uh, it goes in a food processor. I'll make the cranberry salad if it's not showing up at <laughs> the table. Now you're calling it a oh salad. Well, you because... make the cranberry dessert, you said. Okay. <laughs> cranberry... Is this going to show up or our, not? Just call it a cranberry delight. going to make the cranberry salad with the marshmallows and the walnuts. That would be worth it right there. <laughs> That's true. Huh. I'll make a half a cup uh, for everybody. Well, listen, we're going to take a short break. I want you all to be thinking about other special... Thanksgiving um, uh, menu ideas, memories, etc. I have one I'm going to bring up after the break. My dear, it was the day you were thawing the turkey and went down into the basement and discovered something. Yes. Uh, I uh, will get to that story when we return. You're listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, a Thanksgiving special with uh, Denise Shera and... Her daughter, Laura Shera. Did you know that a propane gas furnace lifespan averages 20 years, while electric heat pumps only last about 14 years? And propane furnaces work in all temperatures while delivering warm and consistent heat in your home. Why buy two heating systems when propane furnace can do it all? Lasts longer, works better, and costs less. These things and more are being done today with propane, the right energy right now. Our good friends at Kinetico. You know how much the Shirk family loves Connecticut water. We have it in our home, and this summer we added it to cabin life. And what a difference. You know, for as long as I can remember, we dealt with that sour, stinky, foul cabin water. It was just part of the environment, right? But after a four-hour painless installation, we now have Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make coffee before fishing in the morning. We have great drinking water right out of our K5 tap. The laundry no longer smells funny, and the Kinetico water cleaned up our showers and dishes. The world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Kinetico.com to find a dealer near you and join the Kinetico family. Hewitt Docks, Lifts, and Pontoon Legs began in a small south-central Minnesota town with a mission to make dock install and removal easier by inventing the Rolla Dock. Well, now the company has evolved to provide everything you might need to improve your lake time. In addition to the classic Rolla Dock or the new Ultra Dock system, Hewitt offers all-terrain staircases, gangways, canopies, and lifts, along with any accessory you might need. Celebrate 50 years of business with us. Go to HewittRad.com to enter for a chance to win a free dock and monthly prizes. Hewitt Docks, lifts, and pontoon legs. Work hard, play harder. You deserve a Hewitt. Hi, welcome back to the Minnesota Bound Podcast. As I mentioned earlier, if you're just joining us, this is a Thanksgiving special podcast as we talk about Thanksgiving uh, what it means to us, uh, what's been on the table, what hasn't been on the table, what should be on the table, uh, the joys and tricks of cooking turkeys, domestic or wild, etc. And joining me, of course, two very special guests, uh, my lovely bride, Denise Shera, who's uh, been cooking my Thanksgivings for over a half century. That's, that's almost scary to say, isn't it? It is. It's frightening. And uh, daughter, Laura, who has been eating her mother's uh, Thanksgiving for, uh, what are you, 18 now, Laura? Uh, something like that. Just turned. Just turned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, 
when we left, uh, took the break, I said, there's a memory I'm recalling, and I'm going to let Denise, you pick up the story about you thawing out a bird, something like that. What? Uh, tell me about that. Well, it wasn't Thanksgiving, but it was a special dinner, and you had invited um, very early in our marriage, I'd say between year seven and ten, invited some business people that you wanted to have for dinner. And we were going to have this wild game. And so down the basement at our home, uh, I had thawed the wild turkey on the washing machine in a dishpan. And um, I think some elk as well. And the next morning, I went down to retrieve it. And I think it was Coot that our black lab had eaten it. Eating the whole turkey. Yeah, the breast out of the turkey. And the whole dishpan was down on the floor. And I was convinced she, he uh, couldn't get up there because it was just high enough and far back. But So now it's the day of, and I'm running upstairs, rambling through the freezer to take out anything that was wild game. I mean, venison. I remember moose. Uh, we already had the elk and tried to pull this all together before that dinner party at 7 o'clock that night. But. Can you tell us one more time what you said when you went downstairs and saw that the turkey was gone? Beep, 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 yeah. beep. <laughs> uh, is this show rated? I, yeah. Mm, could you hear me upstairs? That's the important part. Well, there's also been a few other dinner parties where some black labs in the family have gone ahead and eaten I the know. wild game Slow before the dinner party yet. show up. Raven did that. What party was that? There was something where she ate everything. You were having some girlfriends over. Yes. What was that about? I don't remember. You were traveling, and yeah. a friend of mine had come home from Arizona, and I'd set the kitchen table with the chicken <laughs> on top right. of the salad. And uh, I said, oh, you should see my new wallpaper upstairs. And we ran up to show her that, and I came back down, and the chicken was gone on both of our plates. Not the <laughs> salad. <laughs> not the lettuce. Just the chicken. She got up there and... Ate, just picked wow. and choose or little yes. pieces of chicken. Yeah, so I said, get your coat on. We're going out to dinner. Mm. Um, and the Sheltie. Katie. We had a Sheltie yes. named Katie. We could do a whole podcast on how many dogs we've had over the years, too, but that's a whole nother story. So you had salmon you'd brought back from Alaska. And I made the appetizer downstairs and thought I was so organized and, and went upstairs and answered the door. And they came in. John and Glenda, walked downstairs, and I went first, and I just screamed, and Glenda thought I had a heart attack, <laughs> because the salmon was all gone. Really? Katie had eaten it. She ate that? Yes. I don't remember that one. Well, dogs did. love salmon. I mean, Eskimos. So, yeah, I think I'm the problem, not no. the dogs. <laughs> but I, I would like to have you answer the question about how did you learn how to cook all this wild game back oh. in the day? I know it has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but I think a lot of people yeah. would like to understand all of your years of working with uh, harvested meat that is mm -hmm. not wrapped in cellophane and perfectly clean. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't even know what to do with wild game. They're afraid to cook it. You know, I in my own... Uh, experimenting with different recipes and things. Sometimes they turn out, sometimes they don't. You kind of have to give yourself grace that what are, not all the things you cook with wild game are going to be good. You mm -hmm. kind of have to test certain recipes out. Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, I made the elk enchilada mm -hmm. uh, meatballs, which were really good, but I think 
the meat had maybe been in the freezer a little bit too long. They're a little more tough, a little bit more on the tough side than I would have liked. So I think there was some a little bit of learning lessons there. There, were, I think the recipe is a good recipe. I actually think we were dealing with some freezer burnt meat at that mm -hmm. point. But how did you learn how to cook all this stuff? Well, uh, well, trial and error, I know. But I very early on realized that you had to bring moisture and seasoning to the meat um, because of how lean it was. And flavoring and taste, and I would take a beef recipe and interpret it for venison and for elk. Um, but I like food that uh, I'm not good at having something in a crock pot for hours and hours. I like it to cook crisp and be moist inside and rare and seasoned well. I like the grill, um, although a pheasant recipe that Ron loves is a cranberry salsa. And uh, I think you brought that recipe home from Jack's Restaurant very early on, many, many years ago. Well, we filmed that for Minnesota Bound. True. So you can go on Wild in the Kitchen or YouTube and just type in pheasant cranberry. Right, right. I believe that's what the name of it was, and you can find that segment. That's a pretty, that's a good recipe, and it's very oh, easy. Oh, it's one. wonderful. Yes. Keep in mind, fresh. Laura, that um, when we were first married, Wild Game was something that I did, and my <clears throat> Denise was kind enough to uh, intertake uh, fixing it. Um, but it, most people either had a negative attitude towards Wild Game. It's only been in recent years, and and you kind of led some of that, is you realize that wild game is uh, better for you and healthier for you than a lot of domestic meats. Uh, and Absolutely. Yeah, so there, there's been a whole transition in, in that. So that's good. So are we going to, you want to get back to Thanksgiving, or do you have some more to say, Laura, about wild game? Well, I have one more thing to say about wild game. Um, one of my... I don't know if I call it a fond memory, but definitely a vivid one, was the day that you prepared, my sister and I were younger, and you said we were having chicken. Mm. And then we ate the chicken. Mm -hmm. And dad, you looked at Simone and I and said, that wasn't chicken. <laughs> and we said, we sat there, we're like, well, what was it? <laughs> yes. And you're like, that was squirrel. Oh, yeah. And we had already eaten it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> classic. That's a classic. So yeah. how did you prepare this squirrel? Because I don't, I mean, we weren't there to see it being prepared, obviously. We were running oh, around doing whatever. Gosh. You prepare it like chicken. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but I remember seeing the little rib cage on it. I was oh. like eating my way around that. And I thought it was chicken. <laughs> I, mean, it was like, I don't know. I think how I was did you just cook so that? eager to please. And Ron said, it tastes just like chicken, it and does. I grew up with it. And my dad cooked it for us, and I hunted squirrel the whole time in Postville, Iowa. And we just need to try it. Well, I'm all about trying something. I mean, the it was good. Well, it did side to I me, remember. I mean, we ate it. We had, did not know it was not chicken. Which <laughs> well, see, a lot of people is that, fascinating. The problem they get, eating ground rodents, right? They think uh, they, they think about it. They go, well, "I can't eat that." Well, that's just all in your head. Uh, some years ago, <laughs> because I because uh, that's what he told you yeah. that. <laughs> some years ago, I did a little Minnesota Bound short segment for Care 11 News about <clears throat> squirrel hunting, and that I was uh, out there in the woods trying to find the boy that was squirrel hunting. That was, of course, me. Anyway, Paul Major saw that piece, and a day or two later, I ran into him, and he says, "Ron," he said, "that was very interesting about squirrel hunting." He said. Um, 
I didn't know you could eat squirrels. And I said, Paul, your grandparents or maybe great-grandparents probably survived on squirrels. But today, city people call them city rats, tree rats, you name it. And it's disgusting because they're, they're a wonderful uh, critter to eat. Uh, shoot them in the head, skin them right away. They're delicious. My dad pounded that into me. But Laura, do you have some uh, any special Thanksgiving memories uh, besides what we've been talking about? Well, I'll help you with one. Okay. Early on, when we were young, and you were, I don't know, three, four, five. You know, North Dakota. We went to South Dakota, South Dakota. That's right. to Jim Cook's hunting camp. Oh, yes. And how many hours? It took us seven hours to get there with mm-hmm. two dogs, mm-hmm. two children, mm-hmm. and ne'er I say, Ron used to smoke because he was a newspaper guy. Yeah. And he thought he couldn't write a column without smoking exactly. a cigarette. And so all the way out in the car with the dogs and two kids and anything but a parrot. And I remember that. So we would go pheasant hunting. Yes. But the what I remember, which I I don't I of course I remember it because it's like PTSD. Was there oyster stew involved in this? Oh, no, I think that was maybe going to the farm in North Dakota. But in South Dakota, we'd take everything with us. The food, whatever, we brought it. And this old farmhouse, and no one had been taking care of it it at all. So when we'd get there, we'd have to sweep the dead flies. I remember going upstairs and the the bedrooms bedrooms were covered with dead flies on the floor. Uh, (laughs) I remember you walking behind. Just like the Four Seasons, Dad. Thank you. You love to carry my pheasants. I know. I remember taking along for miles yes. watching yes. the dogs work. But that was our Thanksgiving. And How many years fun. we did that? We did I mean, that not only us. We had other families. The yeah. Yeah, that was and the fun. Cooks. I remember it being a good time. Played games with the kids. Yeah. And once we got everything up and running and warm and could find a cookie sheet to cook something in a bowl or a spoon. And, and then we just had a fabulous time. But it, it was quite an adventure. Yeah, yeah. it was. There. Wherever we were for the oyster there. stew, though, I don't I don't understand that. Well, sometimes concept. I think that was a Christmas tradition, wasn't it? It yes. wasn't my oh, house. Yeah. Oysters do. It was. You get Ludafisk, and we're jumping. Yeah. Um, jumping holidays. holidays here. Another delight. Mm. <laughs> yes. Any other Thanksgiving <laughs> memories, Laura? Um, boy, there's been so many. Um, Thanksgiving is always just a really fun holiday. It's a relaxed holiday. There's no pressure with gifts. There's football. I do like that. Um. I do remember there's a little bit of a frantic pace once the turkey comes out. You always carve the turkey. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that carving is done, it is like, hurry up, the turkey's getting cold. <laughs> yeah, you know. just rush, rush, rush. Um, but Thanksgivings are always fun. You know, usually there's a lot of board games. One of your favorite things, Dad, are board oh, games. Course, we know yeah. you yes. love those. Yeah. But Mom is a good board game well, advocate. Listen, yeah, enjoyed this conversation. We're going to take another short break and continue with more enticing Thanksgiving stories with Laura Shera and Denise Shera right after these messages. It's time to plan your fall hunt in North Dakota. Get this, with an estimated 3.4 
million breeding ducks, North Dakota's central region is prime habitat for hunting waterfowl. In fact, right now, the state's breeding duck index sits 38% above the long-term average. And the water's up, too. The spring water index is up 616% over 2021. That's a good thing. Now, when you consider that North Dakota has approximately 700,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting, guess what? You've got an outdoor oasis. For the latest information about public hunting lands and private land open to sportsmen and women, visit North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Bag your limit this fall in North Dakota. Visit LegendaryND.com. Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. Remember FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. The Minnesota Historical Society. And some news to break there. The Minnesota History Center is now presenting Sherlock Holmes, the exhibition. Step into Victorian London and explore the world of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's world-famous detective. You can learn about the powers of observation, deduction, and science while solving an interactive mystery. Kind of sounds like fun. Visitors can also try hands-on gadgets and experiments based on real forensics. See how Sherlock Holmes and the stories have influenced real detectives and also pop culture. Open now through April 4th. Learn more at mnhs.org slash SherlockMN. We'd also like to thank our partners at North Dakota Tourism. Hey, welcome back to the third and final segment here of the Minnesota Bound podcast. Very special podcast today as we've been talking about Thanksgiving, cooking things, memories, etc., with two very special guests in my life. My wife, Denise Shera, is with us, and daughter, Laura Shera, who you hear on uh, other Minnesota Bound podcasts. And um, we, we were thinking about some other Thanksgiving memories, and some of them don't always involve sitting around the table. Laura, you've got a memory uh, that takes you all the way to New York. Yes, this is classic. I um, used to work for Macy's Corporation um, years ago, and I was doing a lot of outdoor television on the side as kind of a hobby, and again, on a volunteer basis for my dad for years. And so my <laughs> full-time job was... <laughs> I had to always put it as volunteer. Basis. It was yes. volunteer. She wasn't on the payroll is what yeah, she was saying. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when I first started, I'm like, Dad, I'd like to you know, do some segments on Minnesota Bound. He's like, great. <laughs> He's like, on a volunteer basis. <laughs> so anyway, I had a full-time corporate job. It was originally Marshall Fields. Of course, Marshall Fields got bought out by Macy's. I was working for Macy's. And um, my team, I was at that time doing a lot of fashion television and producing fashion shows. And my Macy's team uh, was the parade and entertainment group. So 
my team also did the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That and big so one. the big, big one, one. Yeah. in New York that you see on TV every Thanksgiving with the balloons and all sorts of things. So uh, my team had, my boss actually had offered the opportunity to come out to New York and participate in all of the organized chaos of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And what was available was to dr- help get everybody dressed in their costumes. And this is a quite an organized ordeal. And my mom always had this lifelong dream. She, every yes. time we'd see this Thanksgiving Day Parade on TV, she's like, I just want to be in the parade and hold one of those balloons. Yes, the string. So I said, you know, we are offered this opportunity to be kind of part of the parade. We weren't really in the parade, but do you want to go out to New York um, and come with me to do this? participate in getting everybody ready. And she's like, sure. So my, had a, my girlfriend, Brenda and I, and my mom decided we were, um, going to New York for Thanksgiving and we flew in the night before and we went out to a nice dinner and we go back to the hotel. Um, no, wait a minute. I went back to the hotel <laughs> at 10 Yes, by Bren- myself. Brenda and I, and- well, we made sure you got back to the hotel. Brenda and I decided to go out because it was New York. So why wouldn't we go out the night before Thanksgiving? Well, um, Brenda and I got back. 3.30. In the morning? Yeah. We got back to hotel room at 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And and we had to set the alarm because we needed to be at. 5.30. Thank you. We had to be at the place at 5.30 in the morning. So we had two hours. Oh, God. And Brenda said, she whispered, I'll set my alarm. And I was like, okay. So we, Brenda and I decided not to wash off any makeup on our face because we had two hours before we got up. So we both slept in what I call a coffin pose where you sleep on your back and you wrap both your hands over your chest like you're a vampire and you just close your eyes for a couple hours. Looking and, very cute, by the way. Yeah, well, just <laughs> leftover makeup. So all of a sudden, Brenda launches out of bed and she realizes it's 525. And yeah. her alarm... Somehow she plugged it in the bathroom. It was very quiet, so we didn't really hear it. And now we're panicking. So I looked at my mom snoozing. I was like, we got to go. So she's like, what? And we- No coffee, no, no makeup. No makeup, no coffee, Just no nothing. Graham. Yes. So we're running over to get to our station, and we go in, and it is wild. It Whoa. is a massive, massive building with layers of floors of- uh, birthday cakes to gingerbreads to marching bands bands. everybody's in there and each person has a station and so we kind of finished our station and people then go through this like assembly line of makeup and then they're scooted out the door and out to their parade and it was towards the end everybody was dressed and they're kind of out and there were like leftover costumes hanging around. So I'm putting on this gingerbread and having fun. Just for a picture for, for us. For pictures, yeah, yeah for cute. us. No one was around anymore. No, it was kind of quiet. It was the end of our day. And this, I looked at this lady. I said, what are all these costumes left over for? And she's like, oh, those are people that didn't show up. And she looks at me. She goes, do you want to be in the parade? It was <laughs> like the record stopped. I went, Arr! I looked at my yes. mom. I go, put on the costumes. Right. We're doing this. And I said, so, what? I haven't even had a cup of coffee. No. And she's like, what? I was like, put on the gingerbread. We're going. And these are random costumes we found. So I found myself a cupcake. Right. 
It's awesome. <laughs> However, you put on this wood cupcake and then you have two wood holes for the arms, but your arms don't really go all the way through. So it looks like you have short alligator arms hanging out. Oh, but wait a minute. Gingerbread had them straight out. Yeah, the gingerbread costume was... Oh Your arms God. were stiff in a <laughs> horizontal manner yes. the whole way. So you can't really walk. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go. So we get our we get these costumes on and we have nowhere where we go. They're like, oh, just go down, get go into makeup. Yeah. The makeup consists of a white powder puff, giant puff. They basically stamp your, on face your face once. They take a red crayon of some sort and give you a red nose, two round red cheeks, and you're out the door. They're like, you're out. Keep going. And we yes. get on this bus. Go find some more cupcakes. Yeah. We have no, they have no idea what float we're at. I no. have no idea. You get on a bus. We're on the bus with three chocolate chip cookies, a cupcake, two gingerbread, <laughs> yes. and some- Uncle pe- Sam. Uncle Sam. Yeah. A couple Uncle Sams. And they just drop, they drop us off. And I yeah. was like, where do we go? We have no idea what float we belong to. So we're kind of meandering up and down the street. All the floats are lined up. All With the marching bands. Yeah. In our Everybody's, And we're walking <laughs> and we see a bunch of birthday cakes. And we're like, well, shoot, we're dessert. So we went over there. <laughs> And we start hanging out. We didn't even say it. We're just hanging out with these strangers. And someone comes up to us and goes, you guys don't belong here. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm crushed. Like, I felt like we were completely rejected. You're standing there with your arms <laughs> horizontal. You have no idea where to go. So we walk the opposite direction. We find our like kind. We find the other gingerbreads yes. and the other cupcakes. And lo and behold, we are part of Jessica Simpson's float of yes. all the celebrities. And, um, so they're like, welcome, welcome. We found her, we found her home. They welcomed us in with, you know, open gingerbread arms <laughs> and we start walking this parade and the energy from the crowd is incredible. Amazing. I mean, the energy of people just cheering and, and, you know, as we're walking, I'm worried about my mom, you know, three miles in. And something and no had, coffee. No coffee, but you had like a bad foot or something was like oh. you had a bum foot or at one point. And, you know, they have NYPD is lined up every three feet. There's a police officer and on the route. they were fabulous. They, they were great. Were just amazing. However, I, you know, you keep walking and I thought I, I know I heard, hey, Cupcake, about... I would tell you probably <laughs> 60 times in the route. And I was like, okay, the joke's getting old, guys. Like, hey, cupcake. <laughs> um, but, and then I started thinking, I'm like, where are the rest of the, you know, police officers, every single one of them, hundreds, I mean, thousands of police officers all lined up, which they need all the safety and stuff. But I was like, is there any police officer left in the rest of <laughs> New York right now? They're all in the parade route. Um, the other one uh, that kept getting questions was the paparazzi was following the float because they thought Jessica Simpson might have been pregnant. Yes. And this is when she was dating Tony Romo. Ah. And so the paparazzi were really, it was kind of sad. I felt bad for her. I she wasn't. The plot thickens on anyway, this parade. Yes, it does. But we made it at one point. We thought maybe mom was going to need a little ride in her gingerbread costume. But that <laughs> oh, is fabulous. an incredible Great Thanksgiving memory. memory. How long is that parade? Do you remember? Three miles. Three miles. Okay. You made it, Denise. I did. I'm here. Yeah. I know. It's she needed good. a massage yeah. for her shoulders after that. Yeah. I'd do it again. You would? Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, uh, it's almost, our turkey's almost ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any, yes. other, uh, any other last minute thoughts about Thanksgiving? I think uh, one I might suggest is that we've been talking about food and parades and uh, 
misfortunes, etc. Um, uh, one thing we haven't talked about is uh, what a very special day it is uh, to give thanks for what we have in good old America. And um, part of my wanting to have a wild turkey uh, there was because uh, one, they're a native bird, and uh, we're blessed to still have them. And we brought, in Minnesota, for example, we brought them back from uh, almost being, well, they were gone, and now they're back. Um, well, so it, it's a day of remembering, of giving thanks. Hence absolutely. The day. I think it's also really important to remember, uh, you know, the key to happiness is really being grateful for a lot of little things in your life. You know, if it's just from being having your health and being surrounded by family members and people who love and care for each other, uh, it's it's important to just have moments of being thankful for those simple things in life because that's really you know the stuff that matters. So exactly, my family is, is important. And we're very blessed. Yes, this is where my mom's going to get tears. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is really good at putting the tears on. Let me tell you. Well, she used uh, to cry when I went off turkey hunting. Oh, I never understood I'm sure, that. I'm sure. Yes. That's understood. a whole other podcast talking about how many. Days out of the year, dad was gone and mom was holding down the fort. Uh, the yeah. other time I get tears. I don't think we're going to do that yeah. one, Mara. <laughs> we'll make sure that cranberry salad's on the table this year, dad. There you don't go. you worry about it. Well, listen, I uh, want to wish all of our listeners a happy Thanksgiving. And um, Brandon, same to you. And uh, thank you, Laura. And thank you, my lovely bride, Denise, for this podcast uh, as we say goodbye on this very special day. I, we forgot to talk about drinking before Thanksgiving dinner. Um, <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening to us because that about does it for this Minnesota Bound podcast. The stories behind the stories brought to you by Connecticut Water Treatment Systems. We'd also like to thank the Minnesota Historical Society, Minnesota Propane Association, Star Bank, my favorite bank, Hewitt Docks, North Dakota tourism as well. So until next week, don't forget to introduce a kid to great outdoors. I'm Ron Shera. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm.